Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Series 3 of Humans of Excess Manchester with me, Clint Boone. This series is sponsored by our friends at Safer Roads GM, helping us to keep ourselves and each other safe on the roads of Manchester. This week I'm joined by musician and co-owner of Jimmy's in the Northern Quarter and Jimmy's Liverpool, George Craig. George talks about his first memory of visiting Manchester. Stood outside the Roadhouse and looking at Piccadilly Gardens and you know, when you first remember your first time in the city, that's it. And that was a, a show with the Wombats and the Cortinas. And he describes taking a leap of faith when setting up Jimmy's. I moved to Manchester with absolutely no idea mm. of where I was. You know, I didn't know anyone. I just went for it. Gives a great pleasure to welcome to the studio a young chap that I first met back in 2007, I think it was, uh, when he fronted a band called One Night Only from Yorkshire. Since then, George Craig has moved over to Manchester. He's an honorary Mancunian. He's now owner and uh, he operates Jimmy's Bar in the Northern Quarter, a very successful bar that we all love. Welcome to the studio, George. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? Good, man. You're still looking well. Thank you. Good looking lad, <laughs> Hanging you? in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You used to do a bit of modelling, didn't you? I did, yeah, but I think the bars put a few uh, few years on me. Yeah, like they do. Yeah, the uh, the stress of it, but it's so worth it. I love it. Yeah, well, it's yeah. nice to see you again. We always, uh, Thank always you have for a good chat me. when we catch up, and it's yeah. always, always a pleasure DJing at Jimmy's. Let's talk about the fact that you, you were born in Yorkshire, 1990, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Grew up in Yorkshire. What were your yeah. first memories of Manchester as a city? Was it his music? Was it his football? My first ever memory of Manchester is stood outside the roadhouse and looking at Piccadilly Gardens. And, you know, when you first remember your first time in the city, that's it. And that was a, a show with the Wombats and the Cortinas. Yeah, so that that's 10 years ago. And that was one night only playing that gig? One night only playing the gig with, um, yeah, I think we were first on, uh, then it was Cortinas, then it was Wombats. Yeah. So that's my first memory. And the and amazing thing about that memory is that all these years later, you own the venue next door to the Roadhouse. Well, that's it. It's um, <laughs> very sentimental, that part of town to me. I, I ended up living behind there for the first two years of being in Manchester. Mm. And I always had a dream to kind of open either something near the Roadhouse or the Roadhouse. I just thought, you know, I'd love to have a venue or or something. And then um, that opportunity came up next door and it was obviously very meaningful and... Um, we just went for it, yeah. and that's you know how we ended up in Jimmy's, really, and never we'll, looked back. We'll come back to Jimmy's in a, in yeah. a minute, too, but going back to your childhood, albeit in Yorkshire, you know, we, we're essentially talking about Manchester, but what was your childhood like? What were your memories of it? Um, I grew up in a very rural sort of countryside market town on the edge of the North Yorkshire Moors called Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward kind of kind of town, really. Not much happening apart from tourist attractions and it's got a beautiful castle and um, just stunning views and uh, it was really when I was about 11 I got into music and a lot of that area and and growing up there inspired sort of the sound in a way of what we did Um, just quite euphoric kind of you know big landscapes and a lot of that kind of I think translated into into the group and and our attitude towards you know, everything really. So it started early, 11 year old. You started playing an instrument at 11. I just uh, appreciate music. Uh, started playing guitar when I was 11 and I got into one not only when I was 13. And then, yeah, that that was kind of, it was 11 when I decided that's that's what I want to do. I, yeah. I think I want to be, I want to be on the stage. So, and I was support, you know, the people in the area, the schools and my family always very supportive. Yeah, it's good. How did you do at school? Not Not great, to be honest. I was kind of the, I was the cheeky, naughty one that got on everyone's everyone's nerves. Yeah, Men of the teachers. Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a love hate kind of thing. You yeah. know, I, I was always a bit kind of bit of a cheeky boy. They called me Naughty George. Yeah. At school, so um, but I got it done. But you know, it was it was my mind was always on music. On, on music, yeah. Yeah, was, exactly the same. Although I'm a lot older than you, but my schooling was exactly the same. Music was a total distraction in the mind of the teachers and that but to me it was a, an essential influence yeah. on me. so yeah. I, I spent most of my school years getting told off and I mean my nicknames what well, the teachers call me goon or loon <laughs> you know what I mean that was because uh, that's the kind of person I was but so you didn't do that well at school did you do college did you go to college yeah I went into sixth form and I was there for literally I think probably two months and um it got to the point where we we were getting offers on the table for for deals, this was when I was 16 and yeah. I, was, I was just like fresh in and I was in some sort of like Greek mythology exam and uh, the lads actually came and picked me up. One of them came into like the sort of foyer of the exam thing and 
it was just like we got to go and then I, I walked out got in the car yeah. we drove somewhere I think it was for a meeting and, and I never went back so <laughs> I didn't you know I've got I've got a few GCSEs and a and a bit of bit of this bit of that but everybody always asks and I just say I've, I've been to the university of life <laughs> <laughs> it's true isn't it? yeah. I think when I first met you you just turned 17 I think because that, yeah. that was one of the <laughs> most memorable things about One Night Only was how young you were oh, and you're God, making yeah. this amazing music and uh, so technically the band is still together you've not officially split up you did something in, a couple of years ago you, you released another record I think yeah we, we managed to, to finish our third record which was a bit of a difficult one as you know you lose support of the label and the finance sort of we managed to scrape that scrape that out and I, I financed it and we did our own label and, and that was great and we did a tour but I think it kind of came to a point where everybody just needed a break and just kind of pursue a bit of their own actual life, you know, because we, it's all we'd ever known. You know, we started young. My parents signed the contract with me. It was that mad and everybody was, I'd never really done my own thing. And, you know, I sort of ventured into a few businesses and yeah. started a few things up and then ended up here really. But it's, yeah, it's kind of, I suppose it's dormant really. I don't right now see one not only doing anything. We've just, we've just done our 10 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we didn't do anything for that, but it was, we all got together. We've been on some stag do's and stuff and, you know, we, we're all, you know, still best mates. But I think um, it's just for me to do something where I put myself at the front and centre of it. Yeah. It has to feel like right, now's the time. And I'm, because my mum's always saying, get back up there, you know, yeah. you've got to do it. And I'm like, it just has to feel right. There's yeah, no it's rush. Something, yeah, there's no rush. And, and, yeah. and if I am going to do it, I've got to. I've got to believe in it. It's got to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, you're only 28, is it? 28, yeah. That's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I was 28, I'd not even done, I think I was 30 when I did Top of the Pops with Inspiral Carpet. So I was wow. a late starter, so you've still got loads of time to do it again. <laughs> you uh, plus, you've got the looks as well, which helps, on not it? So you lived in London for a while. After one night only, stopped working so much. You lived in London. Then eventually, was it a relationship that brought you back to Manchester? It was, yeah. My girlfriend, Megan, she's uh, she's from Whitefield, North Manchester. Yeah. So, um you know, we, we got together in London and I'd known her for 10 years through the band, really. Um, she's got a great taste in music, obviously coming to our shows. Yeah. Um, and we were just always mates, really, at the, at the shows and um, finding ourselves in the same sort of places in London. And then um, woke up one day, I said, let's let's go to Manchester. You know, let's go home for you. And, yeah. um, and we just did it. We got on the train and viewed a flat and that was it. Bang, I was like, I'll have it. Yeah. And then a year later, after I'd kind of found my feet, got the opportunity to do Jimmy's. But I moved to Manchester with absolutely no idea mm. of where I was. You know, I didn't know anyone. I just went for it. it. Took me a bit of time, but my only my only sort of port of call was outside the Roadhouse, and that flat was there. And I was like, "This will do, great." Amazing. And that, that's the start of it's it. It's proper so. serendipity that. Yeah, it? just went but for, for it. Yeah. For it, still then, this is what four, three or four years ago. Just over three years. Because I remember when I heard about Jimmy's and who was running it, i.e. you, and I just thought, what, well, not little naughty George. <laughs> at the beginning, though, was that not, it's a leap of faith, obviously. Was it not a bit worrying at a time when you see these bars just falling by the wayside, bars, clubs, yeah. venues, and there's you with no real experience of running a venue. Absolutely, yeah. In a town that you weren't that familiar with, really. You had no real strong connections here. Was it not a bit worrying? Did you just get on with it? It was worrying, I'll be honest, but it was all based on spending a year in Manchester and just observing, really. Like, I really felt that, like, Jimmy's was something that was missing in terms of spirit and sort of the style and, and the tunes that are on the stereo and actually ran by people who owned it, you know. Yeah. 
It's really captured the spirit of the city, I think. When I go into Jimmy's, and this is from the minute I first walked in there, and I don't even think it was a busy night when I first went in, but you could just tell right away, it just felt like home. It felt like it had been there forever, mm. for decades. felt like it had just the right mood to represent yeah. what's going on outside the front door uh, in that part of town. Was that just... To you, common sense, I'll put decent music in, sell some decent beer, get me parents and friends to help me to decorate it. Yeah. It's very soulful, isn't it, what you've created? I think that's it. It's, I think it comes across just from how it was put together. Like, my mum helped us paint the walls, and it was all very, like, it wasn't too plush or too fancy on the finish. And we really tried to capture, like, the spirit of the old pub that's, you know, we're starting to lose now. You know, that yeah. community sort of feeling. and. It's got that kind of rock and roll feel, but with decor of old school pubs and sort of tunes on the stereo that you haven't heard in a while, but you, you love. And every time you hear it, it's like, it feels like the first time. It's exciting. We didn't try to do that, but I think because of the passion, it, it worked. So it's just so nice to see people coming back again and again because they feel like you say, they feel at home and you feel comfortable and you welcome whoever you are. So it's nice. What do you think about the... The spirit of the average Mancunian, the people in this part of the world, do you see it as much different than other parts of the country? It's different to anywhere I've ever been. And I think, you know, when you're walking around town or when I first moved here, like even now, you know, you just feel, you feel in the same bubble as everyone else. You all feel together. Yeah. And you feel love. And it's just exciting in a lot of senses for me, this place. And um, mm. I genuinely think I'll be here forever. So it's a special place to me. It'd be nice if you stay forever, especially with the Keep Your Bar as well and make some more music. You are making music with the Ethan and the Reformation, I believe. Yeah, so Ethan is um, he's our main man at Jimmy's. He's at the brunt of it on the weekends. It's a very high-intensity yeah. sort of service. and So he's managing it? Yeah, so, he's, yeah right. he's a manager, yeah. yeah. So um, Ethan's there at, you know on the weekends when it's its busiest, and he's been with us for, I'd say, the best part of a year now. Mm-hmm. And he's had a band... He said Ethan and the Reformation, and he's he kind of dipped off the radar for a bit, and I've I've kept saying to him, look, man, like I want to get my, you know, dip my toe in again. I don't I don't just want to, you know, just fade off, and I want to do something. So when you're ready, just give me give me the nudge, and I'm there for you. And I'll, I'll play drums because I I just kind of want to sit at the back, and right. he can write the songs, I can help with the arrangement, whatever. But I'll just do as I'm told. I kind of like the idea of that, <laughs> where I'm not kind of because I've done that. I've I've been the front man, and I've had the odd strop, and I've written the tunes and. A bit like sitting at the back of the class again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm I'm, really sort of comfortable with that. And uh, we're rehearsing after this um, today. We're going in the studio and we're doing a show at Jimmy's. Yeah. So that's just kind of like a like a, a reintroduction to him and his, his band and just a bit of a party, really. So I've never thought I'd say that I'd be playing at my own venue, but it's kind of it's kind of cool. On the drums. Yeah, even. on the drums <laughs> as well. That, that's, that's kind of what I really, I'm yeah. really excited about, yeah. What have been your most memorable moments in Manchester over the last few years? I mean, apart from launching the bar, that must have been amazing. That was amazing. Um, what about guests you've had playing at the bar? Anybody that's been in there, you've thought, oh, I can't believe that. We, we had Kate Nash turn up one day last oh, minute, yeah. and we've had um, Jimmy's played. That was great. He played with his band. I don't know, there's been some amazing moments in Manchester. Some of them, some of my, my you know, my big memories are when tragic things have happened. Yeah. But beautiful things come from that. Yeah. And that's. A lot yeah. of my memories are, are things, you know, I don't really like to, to go into those mm. to, to remind ourselves, but it's it's moments like that when you realise you're in a special place. Yeah. Does the weather bother you? Not really, but my, my friends who I used to live in London with constantly bang on about it, and I'm like, it's just become a bit of a running joke, the rain. Yeah, but you get used to it. Yeah, you? you do. I'm not, I'm not bothered by it, really. It's like Tony Wilson always mm. give the weather 
the credit for us like, having great taste in music because we spent our spent most of the sixties and seventies inside our house listening to our music or our radio stuff. Yeah, because the weather was so shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what Tony's the uh, Tony Wilson's uh, theory was. What about your favourite parts of town apart from Jimmy's? What are your other favourite parts, venues, parks, whatever? I love Heaton Park. I've got two full-size sausage dogs. Oh, really? I'm in there with uh, every day. What are they called? Peter and Nancy. They've got their own Instagram account. They're pre- <laughs> pretty big. Pretty big in the game. More than me, probably. Brilliant. But, um, so Heaton Park, you love? Yeah, Heaton Park. I love it. Um, I just love old boozers, really. Yeah. Or any anything that's new that's fashioned on an old boozer. I like Joseph Holt's pubs. Yeah. You know, I know that's maybe a bit curveball, but a good local brewery as well. Just yeah, Manchester that, that's, brewery, that's it. I just love, I just love um, anything traditional, and I love like all the old architecture, and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. So the city inspires you, definitely. Oh, absolutely! And on a day like today, when you're walking around, yeah, some of the buildings just that you would walk past on a rainy day just look. Like wow, look yeah. at that! And you look up, you've got to take a picture. And I'm one of them. I walk around looking up at the top of buildings all the time. Yeah, I walk into lampposts doing it. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I th- genuinely, I've never appreciated architecture as much as in Manchester. Like the really old buildings, and in what's happening now, there's a lot of new buildings going up, and yeah. the, the rate that it's going up is is frightening. Aesthetically, some of the buildings that were were sat in here literally are beautiful, but. You know, I said to my wife yesterday, we were driving through the city, and I said, look at the amount of cranes. I've never seen so many cranes. Mm. As a Mancunian, part of me is thinking, I'd rather have that than dereliction, you know what I mean? But as a venue owner, it's like every one of them cranes with the red lights on the top means there might be a venue that's closing down as a result. Well, yeah. I mean, I had a guy in the bar um, I was serving, a Scottish guy, and he was saying, oh, I'm a slinger. I said, what's a slinger? He said, oh, I do the cranes. And um, so we got chatting, and he said, I think 80% if not more, of the UK's available cranes were currently in Manchester at that time. Wow. Which was, I, I was shocked. But and that's what then, it looks then like, again, Then I get in the car and I drive home. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's actually true because wherever I look, I see a crane and it you know, makes you realise how much progression yeah. in terms of development is going on. But it, I, th- I think it's great. Uh, but like you said, I hope it doesn't affect independent venues like ourselves and... Are you familiar with the Music Venues Trust? I assume you deal with these guys. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So they, they've got um, a scheme that sort of supports the agent of change that supports right. venues like us. Yeah. And the 500 other venues that are part of that, if if there is sort of a structural or flats going above, the onus is on them to pay for the soundproofing or yeah. you know the, the reconfiguration to make sure that we can stay alive. So, Which is how it should be, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that you don't ever see yourself moving away from Manchester. If you did... Where's another place in the world that's got a similar sort of uh, atmosphere and vibe? It's a tough one. I feel like I'd only ever move anywhere dead quiet and luxury. You know, like yeah. back back home in Yorkshire yeah. or, you know, like a tropical island. But somewhere with this kind of spirit, I, I feel like Tokyo. Something yeah. a bit mad like that. You that know? is mad, isn't You go out to Japan with the band, I'm sure you've done it. Yeah, it's, I've been to Tokyo, it's, yeah. it's like nothing else ever, yeah. is it? I think it's, uh, it's uh, the closest thing to... A completely alien experience going Absolutely. to Japan. Yeah. It's like nothing else on the planet Earth. That I, you know, it's a great place to be, but proper shock to the senses. That it place. would be a um, a challenge in itself just trying to move there for a year and yeah. trying to become a part of the um, the hustle and bustle of yeah. it. You know, madness. Try and describe Manchester to somebody on the other side of the world. Maybe they're in Japan or Argentina. Somebody who's never going to actually get the chance to come here. Try and describe it to them briefly. I think it's the world capital of music, and Football as well. Nightlife's amazing. 
the food culture is currently the food culture it is is it's really starting to happen you know because when i lived in london for five years it's that that really is killing it but yeah manchester's really really happening now food wise but yeah i think we're all about music aren't we so if 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 you're a music fan you can come here and you can bounce between four or five gigs in the space of two hours in the center of the northern quarter yeah. And that's you know I don't know anywhere anywhere else that's really that exciting really yeah. it's it's a great place to be. I know when our band used to travel the world a lot and you'd come back excited having seen Barcelona and Milan and New York and LA you'd be raving about these places but I think now Manchester is up there with any of those world class cities we're up there with the best of them. Aren't yeah, we? definitely. So, and you mentioned earlier your brother is Jimmy. Why did why is the bar Jimmy's and not George's? Everybody asks that, and um, <laughs> it's purely like we we had like months and months of fighting over this because um, he didn't want it to be called Jimmy's. Right, you know he's very like low key. He's, yeah. He doesn't like to sort of, and he didn't get it. And I was like, Jimmy's is way more rock and roll. There's yeah. there's a lot more Jimmy references in in rock and roll than than there is George's. Yeah, you know, George's just sounds a bit a bit weak. It's got a good. It's, so it's, it's a great name, but not a great rock and roll bar name, is it? Yeah, so Jimmy sounds a bit like a bit of a gangster hangout from the 1930s as well, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> New York or something. So the other big news in the world of Jimmy's is that you're about to launch in Liverpool, aren't you? Yeah, we uh, we found a venue. We've been looking at bits and bobs for a, for you know 18 months, I'd say, but we found a venue that the moment we walked through the door, you could feel it, and it called us, and that was it. It's at the top of Bold Street. It's right on that sort of part of town where all the independents are. Everybody's got a bit of substance, family businesses, really cool food joints, cool clothing shops. You know, it's just got that kind of northern quarter feel to it. And we're like, this is where we need to be. And Liverpool's missing missing what we do, we felt. There's some great music venues, but there's, there's it's just we felt it was missing a Jimmy's. And there's too many tour posters that we see that have Jimmy's Manchester on that don't have a Liverpool venue on. So we mm-hmm. wanted to fill that void and... Uh, and bring that vibe across the other side of the M62. How big is it? It's, uh, well, it's 200 square metres in uh, Manchester. It's 800 square metres. It's three floors, and I guess that's four times the size. So we've got a basement, um, 250-cap venue, a ground floor, and a restaurant floor on top. So it's it's, it's ballsy, yeah. and it's scary, but it's uh, it feels like the right thing to do, and lots of things keep reaffirming that. So... Uh, yeah. It's good. You don't mess about you, do you? Well, it's it's one of them. It's <laughs> it's like I keep saying to myself that I'm a bit scared and it's it's a bit mental and we're all mucking in, working as hard as we can. But it's this place was one of them situations where you got to take the risk or you're going to lose out on the chance of mm. doing something special. And I think it's just that building, everything about it. The first thing that really ticked the box was for us was George Harrison wrote his first song that was published by the Beatles uh, in that building. Um, it used to be the Cabin Club, famous music venue from the 1950s onwards, and he was hounded by paparazzi out at the back door uh, going in, and uh, he wrote the song Don't Bother Me about that moment in his life. And uh, Tommy Steele had his stag do in that building, in that music venue. So that basement, oh, yeah. where Jimmy's is going to be, the walls, if they could talk, it would just be quite something. Yeah. So uh, we're going to bring it back to life, basically. Amazing. So uh, it's exciting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The Cabin Club, is The there? Cabin Club, yeah. Liverpool, yeah. All right, brilliant. Good luck with that. couple more things, George, before you go. One is, uh, if I was to say to you, who are your favourite humans of Manchester ever, who would they be? Uh, I've got a lot of respect for Andy Burnham at the minute, um, what he's doing for the city and 
trying to tackle the homelessness issue. Um, he's he's supported Jimmy's and he loves really good music. So I think you know we're just on a par. And somebody in the sort of political field, yes, yeah. uh, he's just a real guy. And I think you know he's a uh, massive respect for him. He DJed at Jimmy's, didn't he? He did. It's DJed great. with you. That was <laughs> such a good night. It's it one of my yeah. favourite DJ moments ever. That DJ with the. It's amazing it's a, blow. It was a proper moment. That, yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. Went um, off, didn't it? Went off. And then, yeah, Liam Gallagher, I think, you know, especially in the last few years, he's uh, he's really, you know, sort of opened up as a as a human, hasn't he? And yeah. He's, he's real and you sort of just, you look in his eyes and he says all the stuff that he's saying, he, you believe it. And uh, he, he actually is a bit of a living legend, I think, yeah. you know, and, it, and, it, and his tunes are actually good and I, I prefer him to Noel's. Yeah. Yes, but... Music. Probably shouldn't say that, but it's all right. I don't think, I don't think <laughs> Noel, a, Noel won't be listening. Nah. <laughs> An oasis has got to get back together at some point, surely. I think it'll happen it'll at some all, point. It'll all yeah. come right, won't it? Yeah. Um, and then I guess to round it off, um, Pankhurst really is, you know, the power of women is important now more than ever. And what she was saying back then yeah. couldn't ring more true now, could it? So I it's think, amazing. you know, it's uh, that's it, really. They've made the world a lot better, people yeah. like that, haven't they? So before you go, George, describe Manchester in three words. It's strong. The people are strong. The vibe is strong. Music is the capital of the world for music and it's just full of love. So strong love and music. Beautiful. George Craig, thank you for being a human of excess Manchester. There you go. That was George Craig. Next week, I'll be joined by Kassara Shiraz, novelist, scriptwriter, director of MacFest, the Muslim Arts and Culture Festival, and co-chair of We Stand Together. Don't forget to follow us on social media and uh, do subscribe to Humans of Excess Manchester. Rate us as well. Feel free to leave us a review. We always like to get your feedback. Thanks to our friends at Safer Roads GM for sponsoring this series, and thank you for listening. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.